your trip to the Smokies really isn't complete. Unless you visit Dollywood and share a family treat. It's a magic place, good times for everyone. So come on out, enjoy a day of Smoky Mountain fun. See your favorite music stars, meet my family, and discover traditions that used to be. Get away to Dollywood, it's home spun fun. In the heart of the Smokies, five miles north of Gatlinburg. <laughs> To make a living, oh, I was not sure what song we were doing. Barely getting here. by, it's all taking and no giving. They just use your mind and never give you credit, 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 credit. Oh, nah, wow, that was a, nah, nah, nine to five. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host, Brandon Beck. I am your other host, Beth Scrisato. <laughs> and today we are joined by Becca Greenberg. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We are very excited. We're here to talk to, uh, we're not here to talk specifically about 9 to 5, but that's Brandon's only reference point. We're here to talk today about... No, Helen no, Martin. that's not true. My, my, my ref- other reference point for her is Dollywood. Oh, yeah. He did tweet earlier. He was like, I promise to not talk too much about Dollywood. And on this show, too much has a very loose definition. But we would love you to talk too much about Dollywood. There's so much to talk about. There really is. Well, let's get into it very quick then by doing a quick hit of things we're into this week. Dope. I'll go first. The uh, the thing I'm into this week uh, is an, an old SCTV sketch. <laughs> called uh, uh, Bing Crosby Stills Nash and Young. Yeah, see, he was doing a Bing Crosby thing too. Dean Martin Bing Crosby. This is where this started. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, that's that's the sketch. It's a Crosby Stills Nash and Young uh, jam with Joe Flaherty doing an amazing uh, Bing Crosby singing White Christmas over it. I've listened to this damn thing like eight times over the last day and a half. Um, well, it is September. That's true. Christmas music time. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. um, though, I mean, it's it's been part of a, of a, a deeper dive into SCTV, mm-hmm. um, which is also just uh, – I'm going to expand it to be SCTV in general. Um, sure. Which, if, if you don't know what SCTV is, it's uh, the sketch show from Canada in the 80s that gave us – an absurd uh, murderer's row of mm-hmm. comedy actors. Uh, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Joe Flaherty, uh, John Candy, Rick Moranis, uh, Dave Thomas, 
uh, Andrea Martin, and like that, and it wasn't until season four that Martin Short showed up. Oh yeah. But it's 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 a really really good sketch show that doesn't that just doesn't get talked about much these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now that uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are sort of having their like big cultural moment, um, right. it's it's worth talking about you know some of their their earlier stuff because they are they're both like sketch comedy geniuses. Like they're oh, yeah. they're some of the they're a master class. Oh god, yeah they they they're both incredible actors too. Um, but like it's 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 good to see that they're just as good, if not better now, than they were like thirty five something years ago. Oh yeah, are you a fan of Christopher Guest movies? I am. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just watched uh, Waiting for Guffman for the first time this week, so that was fun that to see. That never happens on Mars. <laughs> yeah, that movie fucking. That I movie have the, rules. the stool song in my head. Some for oh. selling, some for keeping. <laughs> <laughs> that that. I, that was the first Christopher Guest movie I ever saw in this, like, really formative weekend for me in eighth grade when I rented, like, <laughs> Waiting for Guffman, Rushmore, and uh, I think Fight Club. Oh, damn. A film lover's weekend. Yeah, right? A middle school boy film lover's weekend for yeah. sure. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Specifically for, yeah, a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Um, well, But, yeah, right. SCTV. We're checking Ooh. out. Uh, I am this week, uh, I watched the the new, um, Enola Holmes movie that came out on Netflix and I thought it was delightful and that everybody who's mad about it can eat shit and die. Wait, wasn't the Enola Holmes the, the plane that dropped the bomb in World War II? No, that was the Enola Gay. (laughs) God. (laughs) No, it was, I enjoyed it. It was charming. I want more of them. That's all. That sounds so cute. It was very cute. It looks great. I I loved it. She was great. Uh, everybody's mad about Henry Cavill being Sherlock Holmes. And then a bunch of other people are, of course, mad because they made a girl as smart as Sherlock. Really? Yeah. What? Uh... That, like, all... It's basically there's that, like, group of dudes that just, like, worship, like, Sherlock Holmes is, like, I don't know, some kind of weird, like libertarian shithead god i don't know you can just call him incels but like like yeah basically but yeah and and so like there's a bunch of people that are like how dare you ruin the legacy of sherlock holmes by making a girl as smart as him how dare you introduce a girl into this and then there's a bunch of other people that are mad that henry cavill is sherlock holmes because he has muscles look he seems like he kind of sucks but he's fun to look at let me just put that out there. he is fun to look at he's good in this good he's, i've seen him in stuff but he was great in the man from uncle that movie was so good oh, yeah. he's really good in uh the most recent mission impossible yeah like if if you've only seen him as superman yeah he sucks but he's a great actor in other things he's british they're all great actors um, it's the law for, for a for a solid minute and a half last night i thought he was brandon routh yeah, <laughs> pro- i mean yeah that makes sense for you but um yeah <laughs> So anyway, that's what I'm going to do this week. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Shall I say something? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I, no, was I, just, I was just like slowly <laughs> trailing off like a weirdo because I was like, is that all I have to say about it? Yeah. Okay. I was just like, oh, it's no, my- no. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, I'm super into Super Mario 3D All-Stars. <gasps> I also got Woo-hoo! that. Yes. Because it's a fun way to 
pass the time, you know, collecting stars, saving princesses, eating mushrooms. Ha! Woo! Ha ha! Yeah. Just- yeah. I also got that and I started with Mario Sunshine because it's the only oh. one I've never played. Are you playing it on the handheld or are you playing it on a TV? I'm playing it on the handheld. I, I always end up preferring handheld, which I know I can only okay. play Galaxy on the TV. But um, Yeah, it sucks on handheld. <laughs> no, I think you can't play it on the handheld. You, like, can, but it's not good. Not ideal. It's not yeah. ideal. There's, like, features that you just can't do that you, like, need to play the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest problem with, with porting Wii games is that they, like, they locked themselves into this, like, System that was cool Mm -hmm. for the time, but like, made reverse compatibility and like preserving the good games from that system just exponentially more annoying. Yeah, you can tell by the way they've like put the instructions in the game that they struggled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, anyway, the camera's hot, hot garbage. But anyway, not to like shit on the thing you're into because I'm also actually very into it and very excited. I'm into it, but you can be mad at it too, you know. Yeah, I didn't get very far because the camera's hot, hot garbage and like I got frustrated and gave up after a little bit. I'll come back to it. That's what I've been doing. Take a little break. Take a little brain break. Yeah. I I, I wonder, and I'm sure the math on this is not all that complicated, how many stars there are to collect between those three games. Well, technically, you're, you're collecting shines in, in Sunshine. They're little, <laughs> they're little suns. They're not stars. Fair. It's different. Fair. <laughs> um, saying. And it's, it, it's 120 in, in 64. Right. They also left in the, uh, hey, spoiler alert, uh, Yoshi appears at the end of Mario 64 if you get all 120 stars. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. He shows up on the roof. He shows up on the roof, and there's yeah. a spelling mistake oh, in his yeah. dialogue box that they kept. Yeah. But they got rid of Gabe Mario. They did get rid of uh, So Long, Gabe Bowser. Hey, I'm very familiar with Mario 64, which is why I didn't start with that one, because I'm very familiar with it. But um, now that I'm really mad at the camera on Sunshine, I might jump into that for a little bit. Yeah, it's a nice little vacation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. And th- those... It's, it's so funny to me how, like... How how quickly they got 3D Mario right. Like, they spent, like, a decade yeah. trying to do 3D Sonic right and just never figured it out. But, like, they got 3D Mario right immediately and really have just been refining it for three decades now. Oh, that's the difference between Nintendo and Sega. It's wild that you can only buy this, like, game pack for, like, a limited time, though. I know, that is weird. I, I don't know how they're gonna in like like what are they gonna Disney that? vault it like what the fuck the Nintendo vault if GameStop goes under like it's probably going to that that might be the you know only place you could buy it physically who knows ah uh, well anyway <laughs> on that note let's talk about Telly Parton that's all we wanted to do anyway yay yay there's so much to discuss I know oh god. She's just, she's, she's amazing. He is not of this earth. Like, no. he's better than all of us. Truly. Truly. Uh, tell, tell me, so, tell, so, Sella, sell us on why you love Dolly Parton. Why do I love Dolly Parton? Yes. Well, like I said, Dolly Parton is not of this earth. She's better than all of us. True. She has universal appeal. Like, she has transcended being a human. She is definitely some kind of deity right now like she's just 
she's a, a goddess. She's an angel. She's a genius. She's a beauty queen. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's a theme park entrepreneur. Yeah. She, she she's a humanitarian. Is an uh, for children's literacy. Yep. And it all comes from like, like she just seems like a genuinely good person. Oh, she is. She's an angel. I mean, she came from nothing. Like, I was reading her Wikipedia article to prepare, and her father paid the guy, the doctor who helped give birth to her, he paid her with, he paid him, because man, doctor, he paid him with a sack of corn. Yeah, cornmeal or something. Like, she's really from dirt, dirt, poor, nothing. Yeah, but despite that, I mean, she was super fucking talented. She got her first guitar at eight, and then, like, she performed at the Grand Old Opry by the time she was, like, 13. Yeah, she was killing it. It's insane. She's on a trajectory still to this day. Yeah, I saw on her her Instagram today that she's releasing a, a, like, 11 DVD box set of, like, 35 years of her concerts. Oh, my God. I gotta get that. And her Instagram is a good follow. Oh, oh, yes. Highly recommend. Like like fully embracing memes, which is rad. I wonder That's if true. she has like a team who does her Instagram. I mean, she's too busy to do that on her own. I mean, I'm sure she is. Even in this, there's a phenomenal Billboard article about that came out in August about like how she's been like steering her empire through the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Um, she's and, she's like, doing really well. Yeah. And, like, making it very clear that, like, she takes the pandemic seriously and, like, making sure people get paid. Like, ugh. It's because, I mean, Dollywood employs thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is, like, is that town. Like, yeah. She's, yeah. like, the main employer. There's your in, Brandon. It's in Pigeon Forge, right? <laughs> sure. I believe is it, so. Is it in Pigeon Forge, Brandon? Go ahead. Tell us. I, th- I think so. Tell us about ourselves. Okay, Google, where's Dollywood located? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it's in Pigeon Forge. 2700 Dollywood Parks Boulevard, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Oh, Thanks, Google. Fact. I'm good. I got it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, in, it's in Pigeon Forge. That's all you're going to say about Dollywood? Okay, I gave you an in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, do, uh, do, Dollywood, I, 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 I just I love that, that it exists, and I, I love that it, it doesn't feel like it's just a cash-in. You know, like there have been plenty of like it could have been Hard Rock Park, which is its own special uh, disaster that's worth looking into. But like (laughs) it just it seems like it's like the Tennessee um, equivalent of like uh, Knott's Berry Farm. And that rules. It's definitely in that vein. Yeah, because like it's not just like a roller coaster park, but it also like sort of it has her vibe, which rules. She's she's incredible. I mean, she's founded an empire and she's it's like really important to her to keep it close to home. I don't know if she still is, but I know for a while earlier this year she was like broadcasting her reading and bedtime story to kids every night. Yeah, she's a real advocate for literacy. Like she's Yeah, really she said because her dad never knew how to read. It was like really important to her. I mean, she's like she had like this literacy program where she would send books to all the kids in that area every month and like I should know more about this, but no, it's, it's amazing. Like she's done so much. It's it's online now. Like you can sign up. Just about anybody can sign up for it. I think. She'll send you books. Yeah, who who books. else is doing that? 
She'll send books to kids every month. And her her voice, man. So I was watching, I know you were watching a Dolly Parton movie last night. I was re-watching, I was re-watching Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. We were watching and different is, movies. Uh, we were. Uh, uh, what were you watching? I watched Straight Talk. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I was watching Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Which is also fun. Yeah. I, it, I, just, I was listening to it and like when she sings with the girls, there's just this like, Everybody has this, everybody in this movie has this, like, super Broadway voice, and Mm -hmm. then she comes in with this, like, ethereal, her voice is just so, like, unreal and just sounds so different from everything else in the film. And it's beautiful, and it blends beautifully, but it's just, like, it's so stark when you hear all these, like, I am singing musical theater, and then she just kind of busts in with what she's got, and it always works. Because it's Dolly. I mean, that's one of the things that's so special. And then you've got like Dom DeLuise flop sweating him- himself through, we do, <laughs> through a couple numbers. We do have Dom DeLuise flop sweating himself through it. And um, I was looking up stuff about her and Burt Reynolds last night because of, um, and she gave some interviews after his death because there was always those rumors of like them of having an affair. And she said she was like, she was like, oh, I was really eager to get Burt in bed on set, but offset, we were more like brother and sister. And he was once quoted as saying that he worked with Dolly so long, he started looking at her face. <laughs> oh, he's such a dick. That's a joke that only Dolly Parton could tell or only Burt Reynolds could get away with telling about Dolly Parton. Yeah, like yeah, she said they were like friends up until the day he died. Like what a shithead. Yeah, oh god. Well, she's been married for like 50 years. Oh yeah, Jolene was written about a bank teller that was flirting with her husband. Fuck you, bank teller. Which like which, which, like, was, but her and her husband would joke about this bank teller, but that's what she wrote Jolene about, and she wrote Jolene in, like, 1968. Mm-hmm. Like. Didn't she write that the same night that she wrote, uh. She did. She wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same writing in the session. Same, oh, God. Like, that's the other thing about her. She is a prolific songwriter. Like, you don't even realize how many songs she's written. Yeah. Thousands. Sorry, 74. She wrote Jolene in 74. I don't know why I said 68. That was way too early. (laughs) I said it it came out of my mouth and it felt wrong. And I was like, no, that was wrong. 68, I think, is when she started recording. I don't know. She made like 13 albums between 1968 and 1974. Yeah, she was busy. I mean, she was on Porter Wagner. Crow the fuck lithic. 1968. Mm, There's stuff happened that year, too. That's, you know, that's understandable. She was busy then. She was busy up until now, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, between between 67 and 78, she released like 14 fucking rec- studio albums. Which God, is that insane. is insane. Which is insane. That is fucking wild. She released wild. four, I think, three or four in 1974 alone, including Jolene. Yeah, like, 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 I was legitimately shocked to find out that Dolly Parton was doing like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard numbers in the same, in, in one year. Like, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she just, and she wrote, I will always love you, about, and then fucking just walked in and sang it to Porter Wagner. That's as how she, resi- she quit her job with a song. Yeah. How did Porter Wagner not just, like, explode? Oh, I, think I mean, he like, said he started like, crying. He said he started crying, and he was like, well, if that's how you feel about it, like, I'm certainly not gonna. How do you not and, just, and like. He, and he said, like, if that's how you feel about it, I'll let you go, but you have to let me produce that song. Like. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, that's fair, I guess. Like, <laughs> like how do you how do you survive Dolly Parton come in coming in and singing a, a new song at you that's about you and not just like turn into a fine mist? Oh, I would. I've cried about Dolly Parton more times than I care to admit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's just she's, she's inspirational and she still is. Oh yeah. Like she doesn't really like talking about politics, but I feel like she's sort of becoming more vocal about certain things. Like when somebody pointed out like the one of the titles of the restaurants at Dollywood was like kind of racist because it was some word like antebellum or something. She was just like, oh, we'll change it. Like, of course, of course, we'll change it. And she was when people were like, hey, get rid of the Confederate flag. She was like, yep, sure. Absolutely. Right. Like, no, like, oh, this is my culture. Like, mm, okay. Yeah. That's when she went on the record. She was just like, who the fuck am I to say no if someone tells me Black Lives Matter? Is like, fuck you. Of course Black Lives Matter. Right. Like, yeah. She's, she's, speak, um, which like as a country music star is, is a not seriously. like not risky thing. Is like a not unrisky thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little risky, especially, I mean, she, I, mean, I we feel exiled like- the Dixie Chicks for like a decade and a half because they were against the Iraq war, which. Yeah, fucking- which now everyone in hindsight was against. But yeah, she gets away with it, man. I mean, not gets away with it. Like, she's, I'm glad she says shit. She's an angel. Yeah. She's great at one liners, especially about herself. Oh, my God. She's so funny. She is. Like, I mean, I feel like she probably has written a book of, like, Dollyisms. like... She's oh, got I'm a sure. new lyrics book coming out, I think. Oh, I want it. From from what I've heard, her stage banter is, like, immaculately precise. Okay. Expand on this. Well, well that, that, that just she, like, she has the best joke or line for, like, every little transition moment. Like, it's just so tightly, like... Like, she, she's just been able to make that part of the show, too, in a way that is very impressive. I mean, she's a pro. She's been at it for oh, yeah. decades. Oh, totally. Go. I, say. I knew she had a books I've written section on her website. <laughs> books I've yeah. written. The new one is uh, Dolly Parton's song teller, My Life and Lyrics. That's the one that's coming out soon that I'm very excited about. Oh, my gosh. I think I read her autobiography. I read one of her books. She does have an autobiography that came out in like 94, maybe. I know because I was doing, when I was doing research, which is how we started talking about this. I was doing research on Dolly Parton for work and I just got really pumped about Dolly Parton publicly on Twitter one day. Uh, I mean, and, she's and, one of those people. Yeah, we were, I was reading stuff from her autobiography and she she's unreal. Like if I ever was in the same room as her, I would not be able to speak, I'm sure. Just yeah. be crying. and I, I wouldn't, yeah, I would like, not even know what oh, yeah. to say. One time I went to DragCon and I kind of ate a thing that makes your reality different. I don't know. Can we talk about weed on the show? Oh, hell yeah. I ate an edible going to DragCon. Why wouldn't you? And I bought this Dolly Parton pin and it says, what would Dolly do? And I turned around and one of my favorite drag queens was there, Meatball. Mm-hmm. And Meatball's like, why are you crying? And I was like, I love Dolly Parton so much, and I eat it edible. She's like, "Oh, everyone's high here." I was just crying about Dolly Parton to a drag queen. So, <laughs> also great too. So check her out. I didn't realize she had a book of poetry. Oh yeah, she's just the way I am. Like it's poetic so hard. selections. She has her own short poetry. She published that before her autobiography called "My Life and Other Unfinished Business." 
she's never going to be finished. Right? I mean, yeah. like, that's why it's so hard to, like, focus on one thing. Like, oh, what do you want to talk about? The theme park? Songwriting? Records? Like, what do you want to talk about? She's the best. Yeah, and she really just has not a lot of um, many singers, especially we've seen it. Many singers have tried. Few have succeeded at also being a good actor, but she is. She is. Uh, She's so much fun to watch on screen. Yeah. Nine to five is a piece of genius. Uh, yeah. Brandon had never seen it until I think last year, earlier this year. Yeah, same. I just saw it for the first time this year, actually. It's so good. It's wild. I it's was not so aware good. of right? like how how much of like a uh, like feminist comedic fantasia it was. I mean, there are like dream sequences and like you don't know. It's just like yeah. Yeah. it is bonkers. That is the only way I can describe it. It turns into the most dangerous game for the last 20 minutes. Yep. If it, you haven't seen it, 9 to 5, you got Brandon say I would let Jane Fonda hunt me. Uh, yeah, I would too. Yeah, absolutely. No, like that's yeah, that's, she's yeah. an angel also. Yeah. That movie is full of angels. Oh my god, Lily Tomlin, another comedy goddess. Yep. Oh, so good. But if you who's, haven't who's seen the bo- who plays the boss in that? Oh god, what's his uh, name? In my head, it was Burt Reynolds, but I know that's wrong. No, <laughs> it's not Burt Reynolds. Nine to five, boss. Boss, boss, boss. Franklin Hart, Dabney Coleman. Oh, okay. Sure. Dabney Coleman, sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> this is the kind of person Brandon would know who that is. Oh, yeah, of, co- of course I know who Dabney Coleman is. There you go. I don't. Oh, I recognize him if I see an older picture of him, yes. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just got, like, old old school character actor face. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. if you haven't seen Straight Talk... That's another classic Dolly Parton movie where she accidentally becomes a talk therapist on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously everyone falls in love with her, but she's like lying about being a doctor and they like keep being like, you have to lie. And she's like, I don't want to lie because she's Dolly Parton. Obviously, she's the ultimate good person. Um, and God, what's the name of the guy who's in it? James L. Brooks is the love interest. <laughs> Wait, James, James L. Brooks or, or Albert? Not James L. Brooks. Who am I talking about? James Woods. Sorry. Yeah, James Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I saying James L. Brooks? There's a big difference between the executive producer of The Simpsons and, Sorry, and I got Simpsons noted, noted right wing racist dipshit James Woods. Oh, which one is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, and James Albert Woods. Brooks. It is 1992. The 90s are a hard time. I mean, straight talk is good, but the nine, early 90s are a rough time for a lot of movies. The, oh, the yeah. early 90s was a rough time for country music stars in general. I mean, she was doing okay. That, that was also the heyday of like Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash's Taco Bell commercials. Oh my God. Let's see. What was she doing in the 1990s? All right. Uh, what was Dolly doing? She released a bunch of albums. Yeah, although actually you are correct, Brandon, a little bit because it says although Dolly Parton's although Parton's career appeared although Parton's career appeared to be revived, it was actually just a brief revival before contemporary country music came in the early 1990s and moved most veteran artists off the charts. So you do have that. Yeah, it's just that the sound of country music changed pretty drastically. The Bodyguard came out in 1992, so she was making residuals on residuals, my dude. So she was doing okay. She was fine. Yeah. It, it's so impressive to me that uh, the the 
because the first version of I Will Always Love You that I ever heard was the Whitney Houston version. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so impressive to me that if someone was going to cover that song, it needed to be someone with an equally powerful voice. Mm -hmm. And like, Whitney Houston is one of like three people that could pull it off. Right. It's a, it's a short list. Oh, yeah. Opened, Dollywood opened in 1986. Okay. So in the 90s, she's probably like tweaking the theme park, collecting those residual checks. Yeah. She's biding her time. Mm-hmm. Maybe she went on a vacation, hopefully, because she's just so busy. I think that's when she got involved with Opryland, too. Dollywood, yeah. 90s development. 1990, a 1903 antique Denzel carousel originally built for the Rocky Springs Park was relocated to the park. A street show area was added in 92. In 93, the fun country area was renovated. I want to go so bad. Please wear masks. Dollywood Boulevard was added in 1996. We need to go to Dollywood. There, there's a. Have you ever been to the Starbucks at Dollywood and Highland? No, I didn't. What? I said, have you ever been to the Starbucks at Dollywood and Highland? Oh, it, it wasn't worth it. Got it. It wasn't okay. worth it. <laughs> I was gonna say this, but then you just made you. me say it again. I did, yeah, I did. You gotta either stand <laughs> by your jokes or not make them at all. <laughs> no, I don't. I I can do both. Liz women can have it all. What I was going to tell you was that it also in 1996 was the Thunder Road, a turbo simulator ride based on the 1958 movie of the same name was added. I want to ride it. Wait, what is 1958 Thunder Road? <laughs> the original Cause, cause Thunder Because there, <laughs> there was a theme park ride about the Tom Cruise film Thunder Road. <laughs> no, it's the original Thunder Road with, um, uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Jack yeah. Marshall and the yeah Robert Mitchum. Yeah, the Mitchum boys are in it. The Mitchum boys. Yeah, it's the original Thunder Road. Oh, oh yeah, that right where he he plays that that guy from Jersey. He says, uh, "Hold tight, take hold, Thunder Road." Oh, yeah, yeah, God. yeah. I remember that one now. Wow, wow. <laughs> I... That that was so bad. I set off some sort of alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. That was the, hey, stop it alarm. <laughs> that was the bad combi alarm. So, so Becca Greenberg. Yes, sir. Um, how did you first get into Dolly Parton? What a good question. So when I was in, I guess, like middle school or high school, there was this thing called LimeWire. <laughs> Okay, yes. we had a lot of talk about LimeWire on our live show last night, too. Oh, man. I mean, I just got really into stealing music, I guess. And I was just like, <laughs> what can I listen to? So I kind of came to Dolly Parton through that. Because I, I was just going to sound so pretentious, but I've never really been into, like, modern music. I always liked older kind of music. So I was, like, trying to, like, find some random shit oh, to listen to. You've come to the right place, my child. It's fine. <laughs> We're those people in this house. Oh, good. I always like to, like, when I was a kid, we only listened to Radio Disney and show tunes until I was, like, nine years old. And then my cool babysitter brought over Yellow Submarine and, like, blew my mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my dad introduced me to classic rock when I was in, like, late middle school, and that was it for me. Right. I was like, this is good. I like Queen. I'm good now. Yeah. And the funny thing about Dolly Parton, I don't know about if this is true for you, but it is for me, too. Is that like I'm very much that kid that also was like I like everything except country music, but then it's like I like everything except country music except for Dolly Parton because she's dope, right? Like that's different. Dolly Parton's different than I can't even name a country music star. Who's that guy? Gwen Stefani's 
hooking up with. <laughs> uh, Jerry Reed. Yeah, that guy sucks. But Dolly Parton is the best. <laughs> that's not that's not who Gwen Stefani's hooking up with. I don't know. Who, Sheldon, I don't know who Gwen name. Stefani's hooking up with. Why but not? it's certainly not Jerry Reed. <laughs> no, it's Blake Shelton. Isn't she married to... Yeah, I was going to say, isn't she married to Blake Shelton? I don't Shelton? know if they're married. I think they just might be cohabitating. Living in sin. They have some kids, I think. Yeah, you know, hanging out. But that's how I discovered Dolly Parton. And then... A couple years later was I feel like I got even more into her. Like after I moved to LA, you're spending a lot of time in the car, you know? We gotta have something mm-hmm. to listen to. <laughs> so I was looking yeah. at a lot of Dolly Parton songs. I mean, I love that her songs are they're very they're narrative, they're stories, and her voice is just so amazing. Like, what's not to love? Oh damn, you know what we didn't even mention when we were talking about things she was in? I forgot she's in Steel Magnolias. Oh yeah. Oh, she's I mean, she's in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a lot of things. Oh, and then uh, she's like turned to her own. I love that whenever she's like, she's very much that spirit of, uh, you know, if you see something that like doesn't exist in the world, just make it. Like, oh, yeah. I remember she's, that. She's got her Netflix series that she produced, like those series of shorts. Um, the movie Dumplin' last year. Oh, Dumplin' yeah. is so cute, too. Dumplin' is so cute, and most of the covers on that soundtrack are absolute fire. Yeah, uh, it's a great it's a great watch. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and she's just constantly working. She's got a Christmas album coming out this year. She's been posting photos of her. Yeah, I think she's a little bit of a workaholic, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, there is that aspect to her. There's this really, really interesting, like, I forget if it's like 10 or 12 parts series done by NPR and it's just all about Dolly Parton and her like legacy and her influence and she talks about kind of being a workaholic on that oh yeah I mean I'm not at all surprised I think yeah, she oh, totally. couldn't have gotten to where she is if she wasn't like she's like yeah I don't really sleep <laughs> yeah yeah oh. yeah but I mean uh you know what though they post pictures of her in the studio wearing a mask She's. Good I love that her. she's really pushing the mask image because a lot of people look up to her. So hopefully that yeah that has some influence because the rest of us would like the world to be normal so we can go to Dollywood, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Also, um, other like life goals of Dolly Parton that she has been married to Carl Dean since 1966. Carl Dean, meaning that Damn. she's a. She's a musician that has been married for basically her entire public career, which doesn't always happen, you know? And even if that does happen, it doesn't always last. Mm-hmm. Like, she has always just had, like, this really solid... They've been married literally since 1966. She didn't even start on Porter Wagner until 67. Yeah. Carl like, Dean, Carl Dean, Carl Dean, Carl yes. Dean. Carl Thomas Dean is, is his name. But it's, like, such a private relationship, too, which, like... Yeah. She keeps it really out of the eye of the public. Yeah, which, like, she's managed to stand her ground on that even as we, you know, evolve into this world of no privacy. And that's just really impressive that she's just always stood up for herself and her relationships and her creative integrity. I mean, God, um, Elvis wanted to record uh, And I Will Always Love You. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to pay for it. Yeah, and she, but when she found, yeah, when she found out that he had, to, she had to like sell part of the publishing rights to him, she didn't. And everybody told her she was crazy, but yeah, she said she was like, yeah, I'm sure he would have done a beautiful version of it, but I had to listen to like what felt right. 
Yeah, and especially like like back then, that that's a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like she, yeah, she sticks to her guns in a really incredible way. I feel like she just has that like vision. Like she knows like what direction she wants to go in, or just like nudge things in. Like she's like she sees all. Yeah. If you had to pick a favorite album or song or whatever, favorite album. Okay, favorite song. Okay. Anything, any in the music. We've talked a lot about her movies. I'm just saying. Let's talk, let's about, talk about her music. music. Oh. Do we know if she collaborates a lot with other songwriters? I would imagine she would. Oh, she absolutely does. Oh, there's yeah. a really great song she sang with Linda Ronstadt, and I think Emmy Lou somebody. Emmy Lou Harris. Yeah. Emmy um, Lou Harris. Yeah. God, what is that song called? Why am I forgetting it? Of course, as I'm talking about it, I was literally just listening to it. Um, after the gold rush. Oh yes. It's a really good song. Yeah. Emily yeah. Harris and, um, Linda Ronstadt. And I really like this song. Not only is it beautiful, but towards the end, they talk about spaceships, which I think is cool. <laughs> I, I love it when, uh, musicians take detours into space shit. Uh, Jimmy Buffett did that for the back half of the nineties and it's a goddamn delight. And I love the idea of cosmic dolly. Cosmic Dolly. Oh, the Cosmic Dolly. Um, like just her doing some like Doctor Strange hands. Yeah, I'm sure some of her outfits could be classified as as Cosmic Dolly. Her style throughout the years is just oh. absolutely. She's an icon, my dude. She is a style icon. I mean, I love that she's embraced like, you know, she like looked at the town whore and she was like, yeah, that's what I want to look like. Because honestly, I totally get that. And I totally identify with that. Like, I just want to look like a hot slut. Like, who yeah. doesn't? That's one of her stories that I love from her saying that like her mom, her mom was always like, you don't, you don't want to look like her. That's the town whore. And she was just like, I just thought she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. Actually, I do. I forget where I heard this. It might have been, I watched a a live performance of hers from London in like the early seventies when she already like her stage presence was immaculate. Um, But she said something, uh, the question was like, you know, how do you how do you deal with like the dumb blonde stereotype? And she's like, well, it doesn't bother me because I'm not dumb and I'm also not blonde. <laughs> yeah. Which like owns. Right? <laughs> queen of one-liners. I mean. And, like queen of queen... one-liners and like owning like, yeah, I wear, I, you know, I dye my hair or wear a wig or, or I don't, I don't claim to know what the dark science behind Dolly's hair, it, hair is. She has and... a lot of wigs, but she also dyes her hair. She has a lot of like, I mean, essentially Dolly Parton is a drag queen in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a character of Dolly Parton that we're used to seeing and that we're accustomed to. Yeah. She's a beautiful, beautiful drag queen. Yeah. I mean, she's very much an iconoclast for sure. For sure. Oh, and she knows it too. My favorite thing is that on her website, it says like, welcome to the website of living legend Dolly Parton. (laughs) Which is a bold claim to make on your own website. Mm -hmm. And if anybody can get away with it, it is Dolly Parton. Parton. I mean, she monetized being a dumb blonde. Like, she's not dumb. She just makes money off of you thinking that. Yeah. But, like, do people really think that about her? I feel feel like it's pretty common knowledge that, like, oh, yeah, she she looks that way, but she's actually, like – you know, none of those things. Oh, yeah. I mean, she talks pretty openly about even, like, the plastic surgery she's had because of, yeah. like, how it... She said that she, uh, she like, had to have surgery to keep her Dolly Parton image. Like, she's very open about the fact right. that she is an image and, like, 
jokes. I mean, nobody's got more jokes about her tits than she does. Truly, like. Well, Burt Reynolds, maybe, but. <laughs> I mean, and that's why she's got the. I mean, she literally has a song called "Backwoods Barbie," oh, like about how all of the parts of her are fake except for the parts that actually matter. Her heart is real. Yeah. Ugh, she loves all of us so much. She really does. So more good songs that Dolly Parton has written. I love Code of Many Colors, which mm-hmm. is a very classic Dolly Parton song. That's one, another one based on a real life thing. And it also is a TV movie. It is. And a children's book. Yeah. So she she worked that. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't speak all that much to the musicians that she's performed with uh you know like in, in studio uh the exception uh that i can think of is that larry graham uh, who's one of the best bass players in the world and kind of invented funk bass uh <laughs> played bass on nine to five uh which if oh, you nice. listen to it does have the funkiest bass line in the world arguably yeah. a very iconic part of that song oh absolutely yeah like it's you know i I don't like a lot of like disco on its own, but like put a disco beat and some disco strings under like a seventies country song, and I am right there for it. I love a bit of funk. Oh yeah, like 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 a Glenn Campbell song with like just a little stank on it. Like, mm. oh yeah. Well, speaking of collaborators, about Kenny Rogers. Oh yeah. What did she do with Kenny? Um, Islands in the Stream. Yeah. Oh, that's what they were. Oh, what they were. <laughs> that is what we. But um, bum 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 bum. Hey, but um, bum 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 bum. Hey. Nope, make friends with salad. Let, <laughs> make friends with salad. Islands in the stream. Islands in the stream. Oh, and yet, the man cannot what, identify uh, uh, the song Wonderwall. That's fine. I seriously cannot. I only know it because I went to Jewish camp and I feel like people used to sing that. I don't know. Or because it's just a song that's been around for 30 years now. It's Oasis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's Oasis. Okay. That song has like five discrete parts in it. And I think each of them are a separate song. And I'm always surprised when to find out that they are all different different parts of Wonderwall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Here it is. She did the whole, oh, that album you were talking about before. It's called Trio 2. It's the second, there's Trio and Trio 2. They did two collaborative studio albums with Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt. Damn. It's so good. That is like, there's that band, The Highway, The High Women now, or The Highway Women, or whatever it is. That's like the, you know, 80s, 70s, 80s equivalent of that, and that rules. It's it's, uh, Lady Traveling Wilburys. Yeah, basically. Yeah. The, the traveling Wilbrods. Yeah, the first one is 1987, and Trio Two is 1999. Also, she's like, I think she's Miley Cyrus's godmother. Yes, I think so. That's why. That's when they did that Jolene a couple of years ago. Um, that like Miley Cyrus released one with her because it's her godmother. I was about to say, what was Miley Cyrus's show? She's on Hannah Montana. She was Dolly's like aunt or something. Oh, I never knew that. I never yeah, really. she's been busy. Well, then. Yeah. She certainly has. Sorry, now I'm trying to find which one Gold Rush is on. <laughs> I think it's on the second one. Oh, it's such a good song. One of my favorite odd Dolly Parton things. I watched a like half an hour long documentary about Opryland, which was the theme park that sort of spun out of the Grand Ole Opry mm-hmm. and then turned into an outlet mall, essentially. Uh, but an outlet mall that still has a monorail. <laughs> Oh. Um, and Dolly Parton has like a pretty big ownership stake in it. 
And this documentary had like a three or four minute long clip of Dolly Parton giving like an investor's update to people that had invested in uh, Opry Mills. And it's so it's it's surreal to see her, you know, delivering essentially like a shareholders meeting information uh, in her like, you know, most on Dolly Parton voice. It's it's so it's strange. And like, it's so badass, though. I love her. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's fascinating. And like, it's so strange to see someone use that same skill in a completely different context. Mm-hmm. Oh, she also did, um, babe, she also did um, an album with Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette called Honky Tongue Angels. Yeah, I'm just looking at her discography now and it's just like wild. But I mean, of course she was a collaborator. She started with Porter Wagner. Much of her early discography is listed as with him. Oh yeah, like that was her sort of her big break in a lot of ways. And one of the things they in her autobi- from her autobiography is that um, when she first started, uh, people were like so because let me tell you guys, fandoms have sucked forever. People were so mm-hmm. mad that she replaced the girl before her that they used to like boo her when she came <gasps> on stage. Can you yeah. imagine booing Dolly Parton? That's just that's you know. And she just had to hang in there through that until they got used to her. I bet she smiled at them and batted her eyelash. But she I was just an angel. I bet she fucking did. So it turns out I was uh, I was wrong. I don't know where I got what? that it was Larry Graham that played on Nine to Five. Turns out it was a guy named Abraham Laboreal. Okay, who I'm sure is a who uh, from what I can hear is an awesome bass player, but uh, was not Larry Graham. So what song um, were you thinking of? I I think I was maybe thinking of some Tower of Power thing. Maybe though. I, no, I don't think he played with Tower of Power. So you were confusing Dolly Parton and Tower of Power. You know, when you say it like that, it sounds stupid, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so my, my apologies to, uh, Graham Central Station. Hold on. I might have found your answer. Hold on. Oh? Larry. No, I didn't find your answer. <laughs> also, I, I do, I do gotta give, uh, props to Larry Graham for, uh, on stage for the entirety of his career wearing like essentially one of those like Bob Barker like long microphones just on his lapel that comes up to his face and it sounds terrible but it looks real cool it does I miss those I actually think I did find your connection oh really okay all right everyday people was included on the band's classic album stand um, it's one of the most covered songs in the band's repertoire. Dolly Parton's previously unreleased 1980 cover of the song was included as a bonus track on the 2009 reissue of her Nine to Five and Odd Jobs album. Mm. That's yeah, that's fair. Wait, who'd you say the original artist was? Um, Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, that makes sense. That 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 is probably exactly how I got there. <laughs> You are a you. Speaking of Sherlock Holmes, uh, how the fuck do you do that? I know how your brain works. Yeah, like you can like you can figure out how I made connections to things that like I didn't even know how I got there. Or like you, you. There have been so many times over quarantine where you've just like fully just nuked me from orbit on like something I didn't know I was thinking. And it's impressive, but also a little scary. Where I looked over to you and were like, you thinking about that now? <laughs> yeah, it's impressive, but also a little scary. 
13 years of being together mm-hmm. means I know how your brain works. Imagine how Jolly Parton's husband feels. Yeah, she must know him real well. Yeah, right? though I w- I'm going to imagine that 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 uh Dolly and Carl Dane uh have <laughs> a little more space than we do. At the moment, I mean, yes. And also in their house, yes. Well, I believe I imagine. Don't they live there's like this is a rumor, this is highly contested, but they sort of like live in separate houses and they're like connected by like an underground tunnel. I mean, owns. that would be chill, especially if he is living a more normal life and she's record got I'm sure she's got a recording studio in there and there are people in and out of there every day. Oh yeah. She has like a church in her house in her house on her property, excuse yeah. me. I heard basically the same thing about Willie Nelson. That like he he's lived on his tour bus essentially for the last like several decades um even when he's not toured it's just parked at his house and like his wife lives at the house but that but it works whatever works you know sometimes relationships just look different have they ever collaborated i'm sure they have oh i don't know but yes i'm sure in general um dolly parton uh has much more space than a one-bedroom la apartment i kind of feel the i kind of feel the way you guys do about dolly parton about willie nelson yeah i mean i know they're friends i guess they're releasing something soon because there's a bunch of stories on uh taste country.com from like one from like 11 hours ago dolly parton recalls her early years with willie nelson and one from a month ago saying willie nelson joining dolly parton for pretty paper remake okay so like oh yeah that christmas song all right that makes sense so they've been yeah well she, yeah she's putting out a holly dolly christmas Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's good. I like that. Oh, yeah, she's a new album coming out. Except Jimmy Fallon <laughs> singing on one song. Well, he, he doesn't have a bad voice, though. <laughs> no, I just hate him. <laughs> Fair. Now, now, is he singing as himself, or is he doing an impression? Because it could go oh, either that's way. that's a really good question. Because, like, if he's singing on it as, like, Neil Young, sure, fucking sign me up. <laughs> oh, so they be- were... They came up together, I guess, looking at this. So that, that 11 DVD dot box that I was talking about, that's It's Time Life. So it's a Time Life DVD. And this is an article about on there. It says, uh, in the 60s, both were songwriters new to Nashville, tucked in a basement writing room, hoping to make magic. We both wrote for the same publishing company, Parton recalls, and he was writing all these wonderful hits. And I thought he's such a stylist. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing's ever going to top his legitimately good song for a Taco Bell commercial. He got off the bus at the border, went up, drove the woman with the rose tattoo. She offered him a ride, and when he got inside, she offered him something new. A steak burrito supreme from Taco Bell, she insisted that he try it. And a new zesty steak melt from Taco Bell, he had never had nothing like it. And when he tried the steak soft taco, all of a sudden he knew. That he'd always be indebted for the rest of his life to the woman with the rose tattoo. I forgot he was in a Taco Bell commercial. He was in a couple, but okay. he had the one that's real good. Stupid. I'll have to check that out. It's no Dunkachino. But truly, what is? It is no Dunkachino. Babe, you, you don't you don't know this because you didn't listen to because you don't listen to the show. I put the entirety of the Dunkachino song in the cash episode. Wow, I'm so sorry everybody, but no, I don't listen to the show. So he uh has much more power than he perhaps should. And you know what? Here it is again now. Wow! Al Pacino. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino. 
Absolutely not. Uh, he probably has more power than he should because I don't censor him. Um, Attica, hoo-ha, lot delight. This and- whole trial is out of sight. Oh my god, I remember that commercial. <laughs> it's the best thing. It makes me like it makes me so happy. And I don't like Al Pacino. Or Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. Or Dunkin' Donuts. You don't like Dunkin' Donuts? Well, he not their coffee. I mean he'll eat the donuts fine. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not masshole trash. That's fair. He's also not masshole trash, yes. Thank America you. runs on Dunkin' Brandon. Right? Even though for a long time it was not available in most parts of America. Right. But you know what? It was where I grew up. It was still running on it, though, somehow. It was. We had eight Dunkin' Donuts in my town of 30,000 people. We had two Starbucks. One yep. went out of business and became a Krispy Kreme, and then that went out of business, too. Wow, a Starbucks <laughs> went out of business. Yes. We still have the one. That, but the, it could only happen in a New England suburb. We still oh. have the one Dunkin' Donut. We still have the one uh, Starbucks, but we also still have like eight Dunkin' Donuts. I grew up near a drive-thru Dunkin' Donuts as well. Hell yeah, me too. Oh, nice. My first taste of iced coffee. <laughs> oh yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, whenever people are like, that's what I have. I have ground Dunkin' Donuts for my coffee. And people are like, Dunkin' Donuts coffee is not good. I'm like, I know that, but. We don't drink it because it's good. That's not why I drink it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, you're not drinking it for the taste. Certainly not. No, I grew up drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee and Wawa coffee. Mm-hmm. And then in college, 7-Eleven. Yep. It's not good. I'm not drinking coffee because it's good. I'm drinking it because I don't want to sleep. Yeah, I don't drink coffee for the taste. I drink coffee for what coffee does for me. Right. Yeah. Because it's a drug. And on that note, uh, no, <laughs> uh, if if there were one like big thing that if people were like, hey, where should I start with Dolly Parton? And what would be your suggestion? It can be anything. I would either say the NPR um, podcast series about her or the playlist Dolly Parton um, essentials on Apple Music because that just... I mean, that's a good square yeah. one, but sure. the, the NPR series is really interesting. There's like a class at a college about her. Like if you really want to sort of get a little smattering of Dolly. I'm going to have to listen to that. It's really interesting. Like it's really interesting. All right. Hell yeah. And there's also an accompanying playlist to the podcast as well. So okay, NPR put out. Hell yeah. So what you're saying is it's almost like audio commentary for an album. Oh. The thing I've always wanted. <laughs> if that's what you heard, then yes. Yeah, just let him have this. <laughs> just let him have this. You can have it. Also, I want to go to Dollywood, so please wear your mask. Yes, yes. I really, really want to go. So, Becca Greenberg, if if people wanted to find more Becca Greenberg-related content on their internet, how could they do that? Well, you can start by searching my website, uh com. it's a good place to start um i'm princess pizza bagel on instagram and i'm pizza bagel becca on twitter so that's a good place to start probably i was trying to tag you in some in a social media post the other day and could not get the uh exact right combination of I know. bagel well, princess and princess pizza. pizza bagel was too long for twitter <laughs> so i was just like uh, uh, and i just spat well, something out We'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I know. I like thought about changing it, but every time I say that, people are like, no, don't change it. And I are you – I don't remember what team you're on when we had teams. I am not currently on a team. Um, back in the day, I was on Thunderdog. Oh, okay. Back That's... in the day, when in the before <laughs> In the time. before times, both when Thunderdog existed and when we were allowed to do shows. Oh. Uh, Brandon, 
hit it. Yeah, um, if people wanted to find more of my nonsense, uh, you could do that at uh, Hell Yes Brandon on all of the socials. Um, I've Woo. got the Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour, a uh, third uh, Wednesday of every month on twitch.tv slash packtheater, um, which, it, which is fully sort of transformed from the like sort of hybrid talk show sketch thing it was into just a full-on like produced sketch show that we're doing every month um and it's really quickly developed into something like kind of unique and kind of cool um and i generally wind up i'm musical director so i wind up you know writing it writing and producing at least one or two songs uh for every show working on some sketches and uh like last month i had a uh, a weezer parody about uh how timeshares are bullshit um I wrote a fake Jimmy Buffett song about the apocalypse. Uh, it's it's wild. We're, we're doing some uh, wet and wild stuff over at the Happy Steppy Grown Up Hour. Um, I've also got um, my band Inkblot has some tracks on SoundCloud and some shows on YouTube. Uh, we just released a cover of Little Drop of Poison by Tom Waits. Um, and I don't usually sing uh, lead vocals uh, in Inkblot, but I can do a, a kind of good like, guttural <laughs> Tom Waits howl. Uh, so, uh, you can hear my got it in one take cause I blew my voice out completely doing it. Probably sounds a bit like that crow that got into our house at the beginning of this show. Yeah. Oh, it sounds exactly like that crow. Like, but only with like a, a touch more reverb. Um, but, uh, that's a, that's a fun track we just put out, uh, that we had recorded for this, uh, let's remake Shrek 2 scene for scene. Uh, shot for shot project that fell apart due to some sort of Shrek related drama I'm not a party to um, so we just decided fuck it we're sitting on like the best recording of our band let's release it so we did and, and y'all should go check it out we've also got some live sets on YouTube um, yeah and that's I think kind of I think all I have <laughs> all right good job uh, you can find me everywhere online at at B scores B E E S C O R E S with an underscore at the end. But the easiest way to find me is to track me down through following the podcast, which is on Twitter at, at IntuitPod. It's the hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook if that's your jam. Uh, though if you're subscribed to us, you probably don't need to see our posts every week telling you the new episodes up. But hey, you could check it out, retweet us anyway, help other people discover the show. That would be pretty chill. Uh, thank you as we'd be into that. Thank you as always uh, to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song starting over is a lot like giving up off the album falling is like flying uh that is all i have got there is nothing to plug because we can't do things <laughs> becca greenberg uh thank you once again uh for stumbling out of bed and stumbling into the kitchen of this podcast uh and pouring yourself oh. a cup of podbition uh with us here Told today you the only song he knows uh gotta listen to that playlist <laughs> yeah uh yeah. I, well, I could probably do another one um, Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, 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 I got it. I hear that pot a coming. No. A coming round the bend. Yeah, that's the well, I ain't person. heard a podcast since it's time to end. Now okay. it's time to end this podcast. And I'm pressing stop. How dare you? Podcast over. I hear my lonesome whistle. I hate all Don't you dare. Mobs. Don't you dare make a man end this episode about Dolly Parton. <laughs> Screw you. Podcast over. Thanks.